I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, and welcome to another episode of No Small Roles, a D&D podcast where there are no small roles, but a massive surprise of what's under Juna's robes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm David Knight, your Dungeon Master, and I'm joined by these bunch of secret keepers. So say hi, everyone. Hello, secret keepers. So many secrets. Uh, but before Juna explains exactly what all those tattoos are about, uh, let's cue the theme tune. Prepare your party of players and polyhedral dice Your tragic backstory better be worth the sacrifice Seize your sheets and d20 Let's play D&D Your haggard character swaggers with daggers in each hand You've all discussed what you must, but even best laid plans Take a turn when checks are missed Roll initiative Brandish your blades don't fail your saves. No risk too great, no choice too bold. This is your story. No guts, no glory. Confront your fate with every roll. Every Inside, one who will pay the price Their chance of success or rest upon the dice No risk too great, no choice too bold This is no small rolls So, stepping in to save a young girl from an elemental made of molten oozing fire The party were introduced to the young Myra Wingfrum an intelligent artificer with a distrust of Juna, but a growing friendship with Gwendolyn. I mean, we say intelligent, I mean... (laughs) (laughs) So salty. (laughs) Not wanting to reveal her secrets to the group, she did agree to travel northward with them as she was heading toward her cousin Ferrisine in Drostadt. She prompted them as they journeyed to think of a name for their band of misfits. As we made camp for the night, Myra revealed to Gwendolyn that she had left home as she believed her parents had been replaced after a visit to the Wingthrop family workshop in the Golden Forest. And with a little help from Gaius's music, the young girl fell asleep, and Juna decided to strip down, revealing that her body was covered in tattoos. 
and that's where we're at. You're all sat in camp. Young Myra is uh, is asleep. Enkidu's covered her with his coat as a little blanket. And Juna has stripped down and said, I think it's time I, I told you something and has revealed a full body worth of tattoos. So, yeah, her body's covered in tattoos. There's various different tattoos. It's kind of, as you would imagine, Juna to be tattooed. It's kind of a bit like sort of her whole life experience laid out across her body. So there's lots of different iconography. There's lots of images of balance. There's like a star with seven points with all of the different symbols of the School of Magic on the seven points with divination in the middle. There's lots of elements. There's mage symbols and mage script. Uh, There's like a sort of a yin-yang with two people instead of the sort of a swirly pattern there's like runic script Gwendolyn you'd recognise there's imagery from the stories that she told you when you were little there's the woodworker uh, there's a paladin and a griffin there's a ship from the Rillian Isles there's a box that looks like it's got some sort of magic in and some Sekaiji script there's another image with a fox a koi and a blossom and uh, symbols of Mirath the Rillian Isles the Burnt Taj and Sekaiji and also Gwen you would maybe see a tattoo of a rose in amongst it as well but there's also tattoo of a thorn and sort of all of these tattoos are all over her body Um, but one looks slightly different so sort of towards the bottom of her spine there is this there's like a tattoo of a flower and it's like a flower with seven petals and she sort of she turns around so that you can sort of see this seven petaled flower and then sort of says does anyone know um, any of the gnome stories? Um, well, there's a there's a tale in gnome tradition about the mark of the seven, and the story goes that in every seven generations, seven gnomes are born with a mark. Uh, not much is known about them, and it seems that they come from all walks of life throughout the world. Uh, no one knows who they are, where they came from, or or what they do. But the the legend goes that there are three upholding light, three upholding dark and one to bring balance. Um, and when I was born, I was not born Septhorn, I was born Junathorn, and I was taken from my family as a baby and raised as one of the Mark of the Seven. And uh, I think, Gaius, it was you who saw into my past, and uh, that was my friend and my advisor, Ginger. Uh, Ginger brought me up. She's my family, my mother, my sister, my best friend. And she taught me how to harness my natural magic and taught me how to hide it and blend in and move about until the day came that I would be called to bring balance back to the world. And I was never to know when this was going to happen, but part of my training was that I would uh, trust my gut and trust my intuition and trust my fate that one day I would need to use my powers in a way that would bring balance back to life. And, you know, we've been together a while and more and more I've been thinking that this is my calling and this is what I've spent my 200 years working towards and I I might be wrong for telling you this I might be wrong for believing this um I have no way of knowing whether I'm right or wrong but I believe my job is to harness you for and that you are the ones that will change things for the balance 
not necessarily for the better, but for the balance. And uh, that's what's led me here. I've um, I've drifted since I was brought up. My bring, my upbringing was all training. It was it was harnessing magic and harnessing fate and harnessing instincts. And uh, I sort of ended up. I had a strong feeling when I was at the Rose family. It was leading me in the right direction. And Gwen, when you left. That's what left me to leave as well. I thought that maybe it was you within that family that had that special spark. And I don't think I'm wrong. And I think that this has led me to this place. And I don't think it's me that has the fight. I think it's it's you lot. And um, more than anything, I, I ask you never to repeat this to a soul on earth. Because like I say, I've never told anyone. I've, I've lost a lot by keeping this to myself. But I think... I think I owe you it. I think those words came out of my mouth because it's very much in the forefront of my head and if I don't tell you, I feel like it will come out anyway. I've spent my life collecting tattoos to hide my mark, but now you know that that's what it is. And I feel like the gnome that is mixed up in all of this could be one of the other seven. Again, I don't know. I'm given no information. I'm sitting dormant, but that's that's what I feel. And you deserve to know. Wow. So you were born with that mark Mm. and you've never met any of the other seven never the story goes that they very rarely meet you you were born with it Mm. were there others of the mark before the current seven well it's every seven generations the story goes right that gnomes are born every seven generations seven are born Mm. born with the mark born with the mark but there is no written knowledge of it there's very little spoken knowledge about it it's all very very secret and and very unclear and having lived with it for 200 years i think it's very clouded in mystery so that no one really knows where they are the idea is we just sort of slot in we keep an eye on things and we we will grow to understand our greater purpose Okay, uh, okay, okay. So, Juno, I got, I got three things to say. One, how dare you even, how dare you tell me that I cannot tell a soul about this? Cause this sounds like an amazing song, like an epic ballad or something. <laughs> and I'm furious with you that I can't do that. Two, because I love you, I will accept that and move on. And three, my question is, how did you know that you would like the, the gnome to provide the ballads? Like what's it? Why? 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 Why did you get the balance rather than like respectfully? If you like the good or the bad, like how did you know that you were that one? I have no way of knowing which I am. Okay, so you could be like a demigorgon or a monster, or you could be like an angel or something. Like you just don't know. I, be- I believe. I believe I'm for the good, but I imagine that if you're, you know, born to bring balance to the dark side, you don't believe you're evil you believe in what you're doing and i'm not the one to judge that i'm just the one to carry out my fate my destiny wow so there are seven born what and some are good and some are evil the concept is that there's seven three bring light three bring dark and one brings balance but like i say i i know as much as anyone else and when did you um like when was the last time you saw ginger I see her from time to time. She stops by. Uh, st- stops by where? Well, sometimes she'll turn up. She'll guide me in the right direction. I 
I've met her, haven't I? I, I remember somebody. It's definitely conceivable. She's she's visited the Rose House. She knows Eric. She's got red hair, yes? Yes. I don't think I ever really spoke to her, but... She's probably the only person you've met who's older than me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> also a revelation that you're 200 years old. May I just say, you don't look a day over 100, Why, Judah. thank you. <laughs> My gosh, it's like the secret is the twain tied tea, clearly. It's a found of youth. <laughs> I, I only had my first cup of twain tied back at the Vondel Manor. Oh yeah, now you're like a crack <laughs> now you're like a crack addict. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Akinu will go to um see uh Juna's clothes and just pick him up for her and like reverently like help to rope her. Thank you, Enkidu. I, I suddenly feel very, very naked. She yeah, fumbles her clothes back on. So does the mark does it do anything? No. Not that I'm aware of. I just I just have to trust that it is what I believe it is. I don't know a lot about it, but I have lived my whole life in service to it and um, the belief system that comes with it. And is it your desire to seek out the other gnomes of the mock? We're not supposed to, but it would be good to meet someone else. Would they have the same mark? They would. Exactly. So I understand. Like I say, all I know about it is what Ginger has taught me. Right. And Ginger's only taught you, not the others. Only me, yes. And as far as I know, she doesn't know anyone else. But she has, she's almost like she gets uh, information somehow. But that's not my role to know what she does. Why not? Surely if it's involved with your life and the way you have to live it, you should be given more information. My role is to do and her role is to know. Right. Would you like to know? No. If I was in a bind that meant that it would put other people in danger, I, I that's that's what I understand why she's the one with the knowledge and I'm the one on the front line. That if something happened, I'd be snuffed out, but she'd still be able to do what she does. And she's not one of the seven? No. Nope. And she's not a gnome? She's a gnome, yes. She is a gnome. Okay. But we're not we're not born to defend gnomes, we're born to defend whoever needs it. To defend. All of you to defend, right? Yeah. There's no And we've always that... we've always been here. Okay. What I understand the lineage goes back and back and back. Okay, I get that I get that. But like Juna, you knew you had this epic destiny literally like written into your DNA, into your skin. And you spent years being a housekeeper? Yeah. Why did you why did you why did you choose to serve the roses if you had this epic like destiny to fulfill? I've not always been a housekeeper. I've had many other jobs. Yeah, I, 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 don't get me wrong. I get that. I get that. But like, why? Like, did you want to just like take a few years out? I, I don't get it. I, I go where I feel my destiny takes me. So what brought me to the roses was um, a, a man I met in Splinter Falls, a wizard. Eric, his name was. I met him in a bar, in fact, in, in Splinter Falls. I was working in a shop at the time over there. And... Uh, he needed someone to run his house. He needed someone that understood a bit about magic. So that's what brought me over to Dravain. And uh, after a time, he knew the roses and they needed a housekeeper and it felt right. Like I say, I, I genuinely feel like all of my decisions have led me to this place. So I, I go where I feel it's right. And um, the most important is that I don't stand out too much. We've got to keep a little uh, under the radar, so to speak. And it's like, 
It's like a feeling or it's like you're just... It's like my destiny is pulling me through life, I guess. Huh. And I just have to trust that it's leading me in the right direction. Guy's just going to sit back and just look at the fire that we've made and just listen to the group. But just like mm. he's just looking into the fire, just listen, just to absorbing everything. Well, Miss Thorne, you can have my solemn promise that I'll keep this secret of yours. Thank you, Enkidu. And I think, I think Enkidu, freeing your friends is all intertwined in this string of destiny. I think it's got a lot to do with it. I think that the Vondells were part of it. I think something has brought you four together. And I think I'm here to, to see that and to help. Like fate. Yeah. Like we're associates of fate. Exactly. Sounds pretty cool. <laughs> Put it on a list. We'll have a vote later. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. But this is something we must not let Myra know. Whether she's part of this or not, I, I, I'm I, not sure just yet. No. I think maybe we can help Myra and that it would coincide with what we want to find out. What do you mean? Um, we keep heading towards the Golden Forest. There might be something interesting for us to discover there that will help us help Myra and is where we're going anyway. Great. She's asked me to keep things a secret for her for the moment, but I think once she gets to know us all a bit better and feels a bit safer, I think she will be willing to share. I think she's just a scared child right now, mm. however much uh, bravado she might show. Hmm. Orin, is there anything you want to say? I'm just curious about the mark. How come? Well, I was just wondering what other stories you've got about them and what else you know, because he sort of looks down at his arm that's got the, the mark twisting up around it. Because I don't really know anything about this or where this came from. Were you born with it? Nope. Do you know how it got there? Nope. Do you know when it got there? Yep. When did it get well, there? Um, you know, when you saw in my head that time at the table. When you were being chased? Yeah. And then someone, I guess, kind of pushed me off a roof. Yeah. Um, it, it appeared then when I fell um, on the ground. Like, I had a moment when I was just trying to stop myself from falling off a roof, I don't know, and I leaned out and I, I kind of seen people using magic and stuff and I'd never been able to do anything and I just tried with all my might to kind of lean out and stop the fall somehow and, yeah, it didn't work and um, kind of busted up my leg. He looks at his leg in the brace. Um, and then I looked at my arm and this was here and I don't know why or how, but it, yeah. Does it do anything? Well, when I tinker with stuff, it kind of moves and changes a bit. It like pulls out Aggie the Goose and <laughs> <it just like laughs> tinkers, tinkers with her a bit, like pulls out some tools. You see it, the sort of marks on it sort of would twist and sort of turn, sort of move a bit as he's tinkering with a slight orange kind of arcane glow. I guess that's kind of when I started getting into the more into the tinkering side of things. It seems to lend itself to those abilities. Not something I could do before. So yeah, I guess so. That is most curious. Yeah. And I've never really known what it is or why it is. I think, Orin, it's your destiny. Huh. It's kind of like, um, Guy just like looks back to the group. It's kind of like what Gwen said a long time ago in a jokey sort of fashion. But like when we first started like joining up together and like fighting monsters and things, she said, so my born great, like, Juna and like seriously like some achieve some are born great some achieve greatness like Enkidu and all your things going on with the Dravanian court and some have 
greatness thrust upon him, Orin, and yeah, it's like it it's like it all comes to us in different ways, but it's kinda true what Juna says, how mm. it's very weird how we've all well, most of us have come about being special in some way. And we're all in this one group together. Kinda does feel like fate or like whatever you want to call it. What about you guy? What brought you here? A boat. <laughs> you can do better than that. Thank you. <laughs> Gwendolyn puts a hand on his hand and also whispers, by the way, that quote was Juno, though I'd love to take credit for it because it's a very good one. No, yeah, it sounded like Juno, actually. But I thought, you know, <laughs> I, I, you do have some, like, killer lines at some points, I have to say, Gwendolyn. <laughs> well, thank you, Guy. I appreciate your faith in my ability to spout off wise words. Perhaps... You could show a little more faith in us and tell us about you. We want to know you better, Guy. Oh, I, I come from nothing, really. I just, um, I just go from town to town. <laughs> I go from town to town looking for something. Looking for attention, looking for gold, looking for company. Just looking, I don't know. I've always had this thing where, like, I'm looking for something and... And, and like, I've, that feeling has been driving me this whole, like, like most of my life. And, like, it's weird because it's the first time I felt like there's been an absence of it. Like, I've only just noticed it. And thinking back to it, that absence has been, like, gone for some time now. It's been gone since, you know, Tillisham. That's all. And Kitty will, like, just gently put a hand on his shoulder. Maybe you're just looking for somewhere to belong. Yeah. And a single tear, like, oh. comes out of his mask. Gwendolyn squeezes his hand a little tighter. You're a cool guy, Oren. You're a cool girl, Juna. You're cool, Gwendolyn. You're, you're scary, but really cool. Thank you. On our scary too. I thought I was scary. Yeah, you're, 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 you're very intimidating. You are in the morning, <laughs> before you've had your twain tied. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right. <laughs> I can be scary. But this is weird, man. Like, the, the mark on Juna and the weird mark on Orin. Mm. I don't know. I don't feel like we're going to find answers tonight, but it's good to know what the questions are, almost. Yeah. For sure. Guy, Gwen, any weird tattoos? Ah, <laughs> uh, No. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Sounds like sometimes they can just appear. <laughs> Guy, I, I'm glad you found us. Would you say you feel like you're marked in any way? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and he starts laughing. He starts really laughing. He can't stop laughing. Um, he's like now crying with laughter. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. She doesn't want to be rude. She doesn't want to die in the mask, but she has a gas. So Grace played that so well. That was yeah. so well done. <laughs> so subtly, <laughs> but Ben fucked <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, my chest hurts. Oh, God. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, that, 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 that deserves it. You know what? That deserves it. And he just, with that, he just takes off his mask. <gasps> What, what do, do we, we see? see? <laughs> um, oh gosh, I really was not expecting that. <laughs> um, they, uh, 
You see an absence, an absence of a nose. Whoa. You see a very harsh disfigurement on his face, which was clearly covered by the mask. It's not a disfigurement of natural means. It's clear a very violent act has been committed on his face. It is uh, a series of deep cuts and gorges that starts across his forehead and go across hit the bridge where, where, the, where the bridge of his nose would have been um, through the eye socket and down to where his ear is. Um, you can even notice a little bit of his ear now his hair is pulled back a bit more is a little bit away. You also notice one other thing which is like yeah the, like you always knew that he had like a purple eye and a blue eye but with the mask off you notice that in fact, some of his eyelid is not there. Um, his 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 left eyelid specifically, because um, with the absence of that, you're able to see that his blue eye, not his purple eye, but his blue eye, is a fake eye, and it's been very carefully drawn on in terms of like the the pupil and the irises and everything, um, just with more detail. And he's like, yeah, a mark in a way, a mark I I did not intend to have. I was gorgeous, by the way. I, I was. I was like, Phew, I tell you what, my mom did a good number when she had me. But, um, you know, things happen, mistakes made, uh, lost, a, lost a bit of money to some people who, you know, needed their money back. And, uh, you know, you gotta, you, gotta, you gotta give something. And uh, that's this is what I gave. And uh, I liked before when I was talking about like it being like a sort of Superman sort of like legend, like sort of confidence building thing. It's not, it's not really. It's like just because, I mean, as much as I've tried to like change myself and change how I appear and things like, I'm never going to be uh, getting the attention or, you know, the fame or praise with a face like this. So I was given a mask and it works. Everyone talks about the weird guy with the mask. So, hey. To each their own, and he puts his mask back on. Guy, three three things here. Firstly, <laughs> I am absolutely furious with you. You are gorgeous. Secondly, this would make a fantastic bat. <laughs> <laughs> and thirdly, just you wait. You are going to be celebrated with a face like that. Hmm. Oh, God, so Gaius, if you tell me more about the guys who were involved in this i could find them fairly easily and i could punch them a lot and i can be very scary too ah trust me these are guys who uh you don't want to get on the wrong side of and you know what they're a long 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 time ago far far away and like it's another life you know a galaxy almost yeah almost (laughs) what's a galaxy I thought you were going to go Teletubbies in the next part of half hour. Teletubbies, come out to play. Teletubbies, Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Over the hills and far away. Like that. Big fan of both. Everything's one story, really. <laughs> oh my gosh, we're awful. Um, yeah, the- in answer wow. to your question, a galaxy is a type of chocolate. <laughs> ah, right. Okay, yeah. cool. But yeah, like, they're not worth bothering about. They're off busy doing something else, and I am busy here. Yeah. And I like to keep it that way. I like to be known as the masked bard guy, the masked bard, but I don't want to be known as, like, you know, I don't want to be known to them anymore. Do they know you as someone different? No, they know me as Guy. Oh, but not the masked bard. No, no. Nah, that's all me. <laughs> to the future is a question. 
Gaius, are you content with the way you are now with your face? Are you no desire to change it or restore it in any way? Honestly, I have no idea. It's never been like I, I uh, like cosmetically, like no one's ever like come up. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know, like I, I don't know. It's like almost like it's become a part of me. You know, like and 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 in a way, like the mask is sort of like me trying to hide it, and also it's it's also sort of like. When people ask me about it, I'm like, I'm not going to show you because I'm part of my friendship, Gwen, but fuck them. Yeah, indeed. Fuck them. I feel like I've stepped on a few people's things like Juna, pretty freaking crazy about you. And like, yeah, it sounds awesome. All of us have got a thing. It's pretty cool. Guy, I'm really glad that you shared that with us. Yeah. 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 Thanks. Good to get to know the um, bard behind the mask a bit more. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, I didn't think I was going to see as much of Juna's flesh at this night as uh, <laughs> I was like, expecting, you know. No. I tell you what, any time, any time. <laughs> that is good to know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm pooped. I think I'm going to hit the hay, guys. Sure. Go for it. Gwendolyn kind of like gives Gaius a kiss on the forehead. Oh. Good night, Gaius. Our masked bard. Guys nods and gets his cloak and his bedroll and goes to sleep. I don't mind taking the first watch if you guys want to call it a night. I would love to take the first watch with you, Miss Epthorn, if that was all right. Mm-hmm. Me and Orin will tag in when, uh, when the time comes. Yeah. Do you want um Aggie? <laughs> don't think she needs to sleep. Ruana makes an appearance and is like nodding with her new goose head. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Go and play, Aggie. <laughs> I want two gooses as merch. <laughs> geese, Ben, geese. Geese. <laughs> sorry, I'm so sorry. Any excuse to correct Ben, because it <laughs> never happens. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't come along very often, does it? <laughs> um, could I take myself off just for a moment, David? Is that okay? Yeah. Um, and have one solitary spell slot left, and sort of revealing this big... Thing about her she suddenly feels like she's got the power to do something that she's been trying to do for a really long time and coincidentally I've just leveled up to level five <laughs> and so Juna is going to just sit in her position a normal position do her flower meditation and then cast sending mm-hmm. and send a message to Ginger saying <gasps> I think that was the right thing to do telling the others was it and that's what she sends so yeah juna as you sort of finish your message to ginger you get this this strange presence in the back of your head as if she's like stood next to you talking to you obviously you look around you can't actually see her but just the feeling of her voice Uh, and she says see your powers are growing trust carefully trust your instinct your training and your destiny See you soon. <laughs> that was awesome, Baby David. That was sick. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to meet Ginger. Picturing like Yoda with a wig. Yeah. <laughs> Yoda in a ginger wig. Uh, Yaddle uh, from Star Wars Episode 1. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. You've not actually heard her voice in quite a few years. Mm. And again, there is that, that wonderful comfort of hearing her. And especially with what she says, like, yeah, whether or not you feel you've done the right thing, like, she does seem to be encouraging, mm-hmm. at the very least. Good. I think Juna does feel like she's done the right thing, and hearing from Ginger, she's like, 
yeah, this was this was the right thing. I think particularly like she's she's heard Guy's story and is like, yes, she returns to Enkidu like hyped up. So <laughs> Enkidu, yes. what are we gonna do with it while we're on watch? What are we gonna do then? Let's do I have... What are we gonna do, Enkidu? <laughs> I have just the thing. Uh, I was just gonna. I was waiting for an opportunity just like this to ask you and uh, Master Witten for a special little favour. And I turn to Rowan and I say, um, may I? <clears throat> he looks a bit sheepish. May I have one of your feathers, please? <laughs> Ruana sort of looks at Enkidu, looks to Juna, looks back to Enkidu, and then just sort of offers her wing out. And he very carefully like, plucks one off. And, oh, ding! <laughs> he'll look at it, he'll clasp it between his hands, and he'll say, Heavensward, and he'll take off into the air. <gasps> Yeah, he can fly now. <laughs> he can fly, he can fly, he can fly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. What is going on this episode? <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> level five, level five. No freaking way. Yeah. Flying? And as he flies, he's like, <laughs> I've been waiting for this for weeks. He'll just look around, especially with his um, devil sight. You can see like perfectly well in darkness just to... Scan the surroundings, look out for anything, do a few loops. <laughs> I think Aggie will fly up and join him if she may. Oh, prob- probably Rowana will too, yeah. Flanked, <laughs> flanked by geese. <laughs> think of a wonderful thought, happy little thought. <laughs> I'm just picturing a kitty like swinging through these two like geese, like on each little wing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Ju- Juna's because she's got cantrips so I'm going to cast Minor Illusion to do some really like cool fireworks around him while he's flying <laughs> we're taken to the skies guys <laughs> seeing things we never we never thought we could Enkidu that was outstanding thank you I've been so excited to try that oh, <laughs> had to get that out <laughs> <sighs> you seem uh, excited Miss Epthorn I feel like the weight of the world's been lifted off my shoulders, Enkidu. I'm not going to lie to you. I, f- I feel like I'm 180 again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Would that I could know that. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad to see you, see you beaming, Miss Upborn. Likewise, Enkidu. <laughs> <laughs> He's a bit shy and is like, ah. <laughs> but yeah. So watch passes on and there's no worries about anything coming out from the woods. Everything is very safe and calm. When you all swap over, do any of it, uh, anyone else want to do anything as they're on watch? I, I think Gwendolyn just like, you know, gets out gubbins and meets Aggie. No. That, that just, you know. <laughs> Has a little moment like that. It's very yeah. cute. <laughs> Gwendolyn and, and uh, Gubbins are just like having a little chat to Aggie. <laughs> 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 I have a question, Dungeon Master. Mm. Can Rowana understand what Aggie's saying because she's a goose? Um, Aggie can't talk, just understands languages. So okay. it's making noises to like try and communicate a little bit, but isn't uh, isn't talking a language in any way, cool. unfortunately. She's not talking Ruana goose. Ruana is trying. Ruana is trying <laughs> to understand. Cool. This little teapot goose is, is trying to say, but... <laughs> it understands... She understands you, though. She'd understand mm-hmm. common. Do, well, you need to make um, Aggie a, like, a tea cosy for when it's colder. <laughs> yeah, I think I will have to make that now. <laughs> Gwen- Gwendolyn's quite good with fabric, so she'll keep an eye out for stuff, or we can make her a little patchwork tea cozy. I think she'd like that. 
Aww. just make sure it's fireproof at the bottom because she does have the flame burners at the bottom and like I'd hate her to go up in fire. Mm. Uh, perhaps she could draw me a design. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> or it's learned a valuable lesson about the danger of fire. <laughs> oh my gosh. So the rest of the night goes by quite calmly. You have some chats with whoever's awake. And the next morning, sort of after breakfast and a, and a cup of tea, you all set off again. Myra throwing out even more ideas for names that she had while she was asleep. <laughs> you could be the bush beaters. <laughs> you could be the bush beaters. You could be the the warriors of the Forest. Well, you know, we met a fantastic warrior. I'm sure uh, he would love it if we were called something warriors. Mm, the yeah. warriors. You could just be the warriors. You the warriors. To play. Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> but we could be the warriors of the brew. Warriors of the brew. Well, I don't know. I feel like I'm just coming up with all of the ideas. So many ideas. It just uh, Does your brain ever stop with ideas? I don't know, actually. <laughs> Probably not. If it does stop, I'll let you know. Okay? <laughs> okay, do. Okay. And you carry on travelling. Uh, about half a day, half a day's worth of walking, sort of always sloping down towards the lake. You eventually come out to quite a small town, actually. Basically built up around a small port that is sort of right on the uh, the southern edge of Lake Dravain. The weather is glorious sunshine. It's getting quite warm, actually. It's probably the warmest day of the year so far. The sun is sort of glinting off of, off of this rippling greenish-blue water. The town is, yeah, like I say, it's quite small. There's, there's maybe 15 buildings all together, all clustered around this dock. Some of them actually look quite large. Those closer to the docks, probably some kind of warehouse type of building. And the ones further back look a little bit more homely. But uh, Myra quite happily sort of gestures to the town. She says, that's Rudavel. We can get a, a ferry from there. Rudavel. Yes. And the ferry goes straight across to Drostad. So do you know how much the uh, ferry would be? Oh, well, no, I've never had. I've never gotten the ferry myself before. Oh, OK, so we're expected to pay for you then. No, I have money. Oh, OK, so you're paying for us. Nice. All right, cool. <laughs> I'm not going to pay for you. Do you have money? I have some. Oh, wonderful. So you'll pay for me then. I am, after all, just a poor child. I think we can all pay for ourselves, can't we, everyone? Yeah, I yes, think that so. is the yeah. idea. Yes, the tight-fisted group. Maybe we'll call you that. <laughs> <laughs> the economical uh... group. <laughs> no, no. I'll just go on by myself. Oh, no. How oh. much money do you have, dear? She sort of pauses, looks into her sort of coin pouch. Maybe 50 gold? That's enough to get around, though, isn't it? I think so. It's about the same amount that I have. Don't to. rob me, though, if you're... If you... Because now that I've told you how much money I have. <laughs> Do we look like we're going to rob you, Myra? Looks over at Juna. Juna kind of looks a bit sly back at her. Not all of you. <laughs> <laughs> Gwendolyn just actually laughs. <laughs> Maybe don't go telling too many people you've got 50 gold on you, though, yeah, Myra? Yes, I think that's quite a sensible idea not to tell people. Obviously, I'm telling you because you are helping me. We're helping each other. Yes. Shall we to Ruddersville? <laughs> Is that what it's called? Ruddervel. Oh, so very close. Rudder, vel. Rudder like on That's a it. boat. Vel like the, I think it's the German word for wave. It could be Ruddervel. Can't the rights. Tillersham or Twain. <laughs> Anywhere at all.
<laughs> and Drostrad's where we're going to find um, her cousin. Mm-hmm. Across the water, yeah. From Gwendolyn having looked at her map, that's all in the right sort of direction for us. And... Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like both of these ports are marked on the map that Gwendolyn has. There are also a few other ports sort of dotted around, but sort of it's actually a, almost a direct line from the southern edge of the lake to the northern edge, at least at this eastern end of of Lake Dravain. Well, um, perhaps we should go and secure ourselves passage on a boat then. Perhaps. Um, I do need to tell you, um, my father's cousin, he runs this town a little bit, or at least he runs a company here. So I'm a little bit worried that he might see me. What's his name? Hypoid. Hypoid? Yes, he runs the Trapper company here. Trapper? Yes, they um they trap elementals for us. Oh. Oh. There are more of these things running around? <laughs> oh yes, they're all very natural things. Oh boy. But you have to catch them first to put them into the batteries. Oh my. Are there like water elementals? Yes, there's all kinds of elementals. And I presume that they live in the lake, which we are about to cross over on a ferry? I don't know if any of them live in the lake, but I mean, I suppose they could. Oh boy. They wouldn't run a ferry if it was dangerous. Mm, that's true. That's true. So, what? They go just round out trapping elementals to turn into batteries? That's right, yes. What's hard to understand about that? You seem very confused. I didn't realise there was a whole elemental in every battery. Well, not a whole one sometimes. Oh. You can break them down into their into their energy. Only the trouble that I had with the last lot is that obviously I tried releasing them a little bit and two of them got mixed and that's why that thing happened yesterday. Oh, that starts to make a bit more sense now. I was just sort of, when I was just imagining a little heater running around, it didn't really make sense. But now you're telling me that the energy source is from elementals? Yes, that's what I explained yesterday. Well, did you? He's not very good at listening, is he, Gwendolyn? Maybe you're not good at explaining. And Keely would just slide over to Orin and say, you do realise you are arguing logic with a nine-year-old. She's going to have her way. Well, then I should win. No, I should win if... No, no, it's just, I'm sorry. Like, no, like, this is awful. And she, she can be, she's, she's really annoying, but we don't have to put up with her too long. Let's just get across the water for now. Okay. I think you should all realise that you can learn things from each other. Yes, sorry, Gwendolyn. Yes, exactly, Orin. You can learn things from me. And um, I think you can learn things from Orin as well, Myra. I suppose I maybe learned something from Orin. What was that? Didn't quite hear it. Come on. And I I, I just, like, march... Orin towards towards the dock. Like, come on, let's go. <laughs> let's go, my dear. Yes, but I I am nervous, so just in case, I thought I'd warn you. Well, you tie that bonnet up nice and tightly under your chin. Okay. And what shall we call you? I don't know. How about um Lyra? <laughs> I mean, that's a little bit close to my mind, isn't it? <laughs> it is a little bit close. <laughs> yes. You shouted I... that across the street. Some people might get very confused and and think you're saying Myra, and then they'll all start looking at me, Gwendolyn. I was once in this like fabulous circus and uh, they had like little like makeup kits and disguise kits and things like that. I don't have one on me, but has anyone got anything like that? Oh, I do have a disguise kit that we could use to disguise you, Myra. Is she any good at makeup? She's the best. Hmm. Juna shoots Gwenna look like... (laughs) (laughs) Juna's makeup tutorials. If you say so, yes, perhaps perhaps a little bit of makeup. Why don't we try and make you look like a mini-me? We can pretend you're my little sister. (gasps) Oh, that would be fun. You do look wonderful with your green hair. Thank you. So Juna goes to work and tries to like make her look as much like Gwen as possible and like goes to town on her ears and her hair and... You've got little fangy teeth, right, Gwen? Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. sort of even like put some little like bits. So she, I mean, I can roll, <laughs> right, like, but the yeah, idea but, is yeah. that she like... Make a, make a 
Sleight of hand check. And obviously we're doing this somewhere out of view of like the street. Yeah, out of the town. You're not, you're not like into <laughs> In the, the town, town just yet. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh my goodness, oh, there's a reaction. Oh, there's no. a reaction happening. Five. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. I mean, you tried. it's not the most flattering version of Gwendolyn. <laughs> there's a definite sense that you've gone like a little bit too strong with the blush. <laughs> uh, like the fangs are clearly not quite sitting right in in her mouth, and whilst the front of her hair has been like sort of painted one colour, if you took the bonnet off, the back <laughs> is very much just her own dark hair. Ta-da! <laughs> Does it look good, Gwendolyn? It, it, Tell the truth, Gwendolyn. You look like you're having a great time. <laughs> Enki, you do. Do I look pretty? <laughs> uh, uh, um. And I, and I look at I look at Gwendolyn and I look at uh, Juno and I'm like panicking a bit. Like, what do I do? What do I say? I give him a shove in the back, just like, <laughs> you look fabulous. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Enki. You do sort of gives Gwendolyn a very sly wink. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Stir that pot. Stir that pot. Enki, <laughs> <laughs> do. Oh my gosh. Okay, are we all ready? So I'm going to be called not Myra, maybe Lyra. I can accept that name. Or can anybody think of anything better? I think I was uh, scraping the barrel a bit on my uh, creativity there. What about Jenny? Mm. Yep, big fan. Jenny. You like Jenny. Yeah. Yeah, Jenny. Got a mayoral role to it, a ring to it. (laughs) Yes, I'll be be Jenny. Jenny Rose. I'll be a Rose. Just like Gwendolyn. My little sister, Jenny Rose. Yes. Oh, finishing touch. I'll kneel down in front of her and I'll cast prestidigitation and like make like a a plastic kind of rose pendant for her. (gasps) And then like put it over her and say, yeah, I think, I think you really look the part now. Q-N-K-E do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Gwendolyn offers um, the new Jenny Rose her handhold. So she takes it quite nicely and starts pulling you into town. Oh. Lovely. <laughs> Grace here, keeping you updated with all things No Small Roles related. We hope you enjoyed last week's instalment of No Small Questions. We are loving our monthly NSQ hangouts with our patrons. So if you would like to join us this month as Ben and Daryl answer your questions, get Wednesday the 17th of March at 8pm GMT in your diaries. Now to become a patron, simply head over to patreon.com forward slash no small roles. If you've visited our Patreon before, you'll notice we have made some tweaks and improvements to our membership levels, as well as adding a teaspoon option, where for just £1 a month you can support us, participate in Patreon polls, get a shout-out right here in the middle bit, and you will be granted access to the VIP very important patreon part of our shiny new discord server oh yes <laughs> i think it's called a discord server i'm not 100 percent on that but we're going with it yes we have discord now and i still don't understand it but the other cast members do well some of them anyway so we are all good 
exciting stuff. Now, even if you're not able to sign up to any of our membership levels, it is still worth heading over to our Patreon page, as it's a great place to view the battle maps we use in our games. Now, you can also see them on our social media, at No Small Roles on Twitter and Instagram, and just search No Small Roles on Facebook to find our page. You'll see that we have shared a link to a recent interview we did with D&D podcast Thinking Critically. Now, we had a fabulous time meeting the lovely Danilo, chatting on the subject of acting within D&D. It's a lot of fun, so go and give the episode a listen. And of course, go and give Thinking Critically a follow on all the social media and subscribe. On the subject of joyful podcast collaborations, we have a very special guest joining us next week. We are so excited to have the hilarious, talented and charming Jeremy Cobb join our virtual table. If you've not heard of Jeremy before, he is one third of the excellent D&D podcast that is Three Black Halflings. You need this podcast in your life, so go and check them out after this episode. I mean, it's subscribe. You will not regret it. You're welcome. That's all from me for now. Let's get you back to the action. As you all edge your way in, the town itself seems to be just built around one road that runs parallel to the docks. And on sort of the dock side of the road seem to be all of the warehouses and the one tavern that you can spot in town. Uh, and on the other side seems to be a few more office buildings, um, a couple of sort of standard shops. There seems to be a baker's and a blacksmith of some kind, as well as the few just sort of suburban house-looking type buildings. There doesn't seem to be too many people around. There are a few guards uh, sort of dressed in all black liveries very basic leather armor on sort of just patrolling like sort of the way that they're moving up and down the street you get the sense that they are the the local force whatever that would mean and then you can hear a bit more noise down toward the docks itself clearly there's like a few sailors and things sort of loading and unloading and there does seem to be a bit of business happening over at one of the warehouses do we like you say the guards are like whatever the local thing is like do we recognize who is in charge in this region? Is there an insignia or anything? Like anything we've seen before? Uh, make a perception check. 15. 15. So further down toward the, the, the far end of the street that you've entered in, one of the houses does seem to be slightly grander. It's actually not too big. It's probably only still two stories, but it's just a little bit wider and it does have a gate out the front. And the centre of the gate is in a similar way to how the Vondels had their their thistle symbol like on the gate itself. Um, at that gate, there are, in the centre of it, woven with the iron, three gears around a triangle. Mm. Which, obviously having pieced two and two together with Myra saying that her, her father's cousin, Hypoid, sort of runs the place, you're like, that's probably the symbol of, if not him, maybe the Wingthrops. You said this town's not very big, is it? No, not at all. Um, I wonder if this is a bit of a risk. Um, Enkidu flies. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to see if I can use criminal contact to find out a little bit more from my little network about this place. Check with the lads back home. Mm, um, you don't think that they'd necessarily be operating out of here, or at least if you were to try and snoop something out, mm-hmm. like the chances of actually finding anyone connected with your, your folks back in Dram. Mm. Very, very slim. Thought so. You're welcome to make a little investigation check just to look for some signs and things if you like. Yeah, why not? Gosh, it's going to be a minus one anyway. 
16 altogether. 16. No, unfortunately. So you, you look around for the, the normal signs that you guys would leave each other. Sure. And, you know, it's a fairly, a fairly thorough investigation, but you're, you're, you're fairly certain that they're not in town. Not in this. Yeah, like I say, it's quite a small town anyway. Okay, cool. Um, I'll return to the group if that took me away. Yeah, so it was just like a quick pass up and down the street, nonchalant looking out for like little symbols and things. Yeah. yeah. Well, I suppose we need to secure ourselves passage. Um, I'm not sure when that it will take us, but perhaps um, we might want to do a bit of going around the town. Perhaps we want to explore a little, depending on when the next boat's going, etc. Yeah, that's a good idea. Jenny, uh, my dear, uh, is this the most hospitable place around the lake on this side or on the north side as well? Meaning, is there a town or a settlement on the other side of the lake? Well, there's Drostad on the other side of the lake. Uh, and there are a few bigger places, especially towards the western end of, of the lake as well. There's Carth, which is quite big and grand. And that's very nice. It's very old. But I've only actually only been there once or twice. So, uh, but it's quite far away. It's not where I need to be going. So that doesn't make sense to be looking there, does it? No, no, no. I just, I just, we just need to know where to like park our horse. <laughs> well, we might need to take her on the boat as well, Kai. Unless you want to leave her here. I don't know how she fares with fairies, though. I'm just gonna. How do you fare with fairies, Bessie? <laughs> <laughs> Make an animal handling check. <laughs> <laughs> I rolled a fourteen plus a one. Nope, plus another four. Ah, Whoa. so it's eighteen. Whoa! I know that Ooh. horse so well. <laughs> <laughs> to know she sort of like nuzzles you a little bit sort of like just seems quite happy that you're there Aww. and like quite happy to follow you along Gaius you've been keeping actually quite good care of her so she's like okay Gaius is back I don't know why she talks like that that's not her voice never mind Gwen Kidu. this is the real thing that everyone should be shipping yeah <laughs> Gaisy <laughs> but yeah whilst like, or, like and like everybody else is sort of like sort of helps take care of her she does seem to just want to follow Gaius a little bit Aww. Or she seems much steadier whenever Gaius has the reins in his hand. Okay, yeah, cool. I'll I'll hang around with um with Bessie in the square if you guys want to go off and like check around and stuff. Yeah, uh, Myra, where where do we need to go to get tickets for the boat? I don't know. Maybe the docks. Yeah, that's where all the boats are, Juna. Thanks. Oh my god. Thanks, Jenny. <laughs> How about you and me, Jenny, go and <laughs> sort out what we need to do at the docks, and we'll let everyone else explore the town. Okay. Septon, would you like to explore? I like that idea. <laughs> that sounds like the best idea I've heard all day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as as um, Gwendolyn starts to walk the newly named Jenny uh, towards the docks, she uh, turns her head back to everyone and mouths, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I just realised Juna just called her Myra out in the open in the middle of the town. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Mind. Yep. Boys, I don't know about you, but I need to drink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. I was going to go and look at that big house, but fine. Let's go for a drink. <laughs> well, you can go explore the house if you want. We'll we'll get you we'll get you around when you come back from the house. Orin. Okay, I'll do a quick scout past and I'll see you in the pub in two minutes. Um, I'm going to go with Orin. I, I think maybe, Orin, you are right. That is our job. Yeah, we can we can have a drink on the boat. <laughs> it's been a very long 24 hours for me. <laughs> we'll, we'll get, yeah, no, okay, we'll get a drink in a sec. Let's just, yeah. just, just have no, a No, I think you're right, Orin. We should definitely go and check out this house. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs>
So you, um, yeah, you walk down closer toward the uh, uh, the house at the end of the street with this uh, with this gate with the gears on. And like I say, even like sort of from further back, you can tell it's not a hugely impressive house in the same way that sort of any of the noble houses you've seen on your journeys are. This seems like a fairly normal house. It just happens to be a little bit bigger and a, a sort of a gate out the front. Even the little front garden isn't that big. It's, it seems tended to a little bit, but actually a little bit overgrown in places. As you're passing, anyone that is having a quick look, feel free to make a perception check. I would love to. Yep, so would I. Oh, 12. Natural 2. <laughs> I don't see nothing. There we go. Natural 20. Yeah. There you go. Very nice. Oh, <laughs> thank you for showing the camera. Oh, it's upside down though. That doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, as you're as you're moving past Orin, you get a little bit distracted by the the gears because as you sort of up closer to the gate, you actually realise that they are quite intricate in the way that they've been made into this gate. Sort of three separate gears with this triangle in the middle, and then your brain just goes to the place of like, oh, if one of them turned, would the triangle turn? Yeah. I wonder, and start like working <laughs> through like that. Let me see. Would the triangle you know- turn? Can I make an intelligence oh, check? Know. Well, it's like a symbol, isn't it? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to draw a drawing. You carry on. So yeah, whilst Orin's sort of distracted by, by this symbol. Oh no, I think the triangle will just get stuck. Uh, alas. Doesn't work. Doesn't make any sense. Stupid gate. <laughs> um, Juna catches a, a bit of a view of a, of a side window and sort of edges away just around the side of the house surreptitiously and has a look in. You can see three people. Seems to be that they're having quite a heated argument. There's uh, one chap, probably human, mid-40s. Very similar coloration to Myra, actually. But he does have a burn scar that runs across his neck and just, like, up his chin a little bit. He's, he's sort of sat at a desk. He seems to be trying to, like, placate the other two, but they do seem very annoyed with him. And there's a a, a woman there, sort of a, a chalky-skinned uh, half-elf, her hair pulled quite tightly back into a, into a small low bun. But her clothing would seem to suggest someone more used to being outdoors and, like, in the wilderness, sort of like leathers and straps and things. And then the third person is, again, another human with sort of darker skin, but like quite rosy cheeks. They seem quite flushed as they're sort of sat there. Again, like sort of raising their voice, but not, they're, they're sat opposite the desk. Uh, whereas the woman, the, the half-elf, does seem to be like sort of standing and pacing and, and pointing fingers. Can I hear anything or just see them? I'll say actually with a natural 20 that you do catch like a burst of, of conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the woman seems to be saying, some of these people have spent years working for your family and now you're going to turf them out. Uh, to which the uh, the chap the sort of the chat with the burn mark like shrugs and he's like, it's out of my hands. Uh, technology moves on, sometimes quicker than expected. They're just not needed anymore. And then like the conversation seems to be like sort of back down to like, so you can't quite hear the rest of it. Uh, I'm definitely going to like creep back around and tell the others what, what I had. So the triangle wouldn't move. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, the triangle isn't moving, Orin. There's what? three of them in there. They're like cogs. One, two of them, two of them are getting angry at the other one. I think that's Jenny. She does like over-exaggerated in inverted comma fingers. <laughs> Jenny's. I think one of them's Jenny's uncle. The other two are annoyed at him, but apparently technology's moving on and it's out of his hands. It's laying off a bunch of people. So the Winthrop's are into magical technology? Well, yes. Okay. Yeah. Do we want to pocket that little bit of nugget or do we want to investigate or should we rejoin Gwendolyn? Um... Maybe we can speak to someone in one of the warehouses. Yeah, maybe we can find someone who's been laid off. We can 
definitely do that. Maybe in a pub. In the pub. Oh, Orin. (laughs) (laughs) That is music to my ears. If I got fired, that's where I'd go. All right, let's go to the pub. If there's laid off workers, they might be uh, drinking away their sorrows there. Mm. How would I feel if my entire industry was collapsing around (laughs) me? Hmm. But now imagine all the pubs are also shut. (laughs) (laughs) So you resort to playing Dungeons and Dragons online. (laughs) (laughs) So as you, as the three of you make your way towards the the only pub in town, the only tavern, with the words, uh, the water's edge above the door. And whilst it doesn't have like a pub sign, the name itself does seem to be written on a wave, which is quite nice as you walk on in. Gaius has already stood at the bar, having started buying some drinks for everybody, I believe. And you can see the barman, sort of an olive-skinned half-elf, short blonde hair behind the bar. What catches your attention the most is that his left hand seems to be extending, shall we say, by some kind of like thick wiring as he reaches for a higher bottle off, off of a top shelf. That's cool. Uh, he sort of grabs it and then it sort of retracts again <gasps> background so he can start pouring drinks. Next time. Oh, damn, that's good. <laughs> but he, uh, he turns around and he's, uh, uh, so that's, uh, how many drinks, sorry? I've poured four. Is that right? Yep, my good man, that is. Grand. All right, so it's four drinks, that's just uh, two gold altogether. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think Juna's hanging back just to see if, like, he turns around and asks them for money or, or pays. He'll reluctantly slide two, <laughs> two gold coins across the table. Good lad, good lad. All right. It's good tasting stuff, though. Good tasting stuff. Ugh. I think I'd like to be a judge of that. And he takes a sip. Thank you, Guy. I owe you a beverage. Ah, uh, well, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the, uh, the the barman sort of returns to rearranging sort of barrels of things. And the, what, this, the, the tavern itself is quite large. It's quite empty, actually, for this time of day. But there's one long bar that runs along the back wall. It's quite a sort of a, a long, thin room altogether but plenty of empty tables along and under the eaves that sort of decorate the ceiling and they're like little carved designs of like waves and things right along right along the ceiling does anyone look like they're sort of a bit sitting on their own dejected like a make a perception check Mm -hmm. 11 11 um no the few other people in the in the bar are like sort of sat in pairs or, or threes just having like sort of quiet chats with each other none of them seem to be particularly upset in any way all seem to be quite jovial in their own a lot of them have the, the sense that, that you get the impression that they're like waiting for something can we can we go and like talk to them yeah if you want i'm gonna hand back by the barman for a minute if i may yeah i'm gonna join miss Vaughan. i mean juna bloody hell <laughs> <laughs> so there's um there's a pair of of uh, half orcs sort of a uh, green grayish skin sort of darker hair one male one female that as you sort of approach they, they they're dressed in slightly finer clothes maybe and they do have quite a large travel case with them uh just tucked under the table you notice as you approach oh afternoon friend uh, i assume it's afternoon uh, yes it is, it is <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about it's the morning uh, uh hello you travelling across the lake, or just travelling in? Well, travelling across, but we missed the ferry this morning, so <laughs> we have to wait for another. Oh, I see. Oh, well, at least you can wait somewhere like this, eh? Same for us. We're waiting for the ferry, aren't we? Yes, we are. Mm. Yes, yes. Well, uh, 
I think they've still got rooms available. <laughs> oh, is the next ferry not till tomorrow then? No, no, no. I mean, there'll be another one arriving this evening, but uh, not another one going out till tomorrow morning. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, that is handy information. Yes. Can I can I help you? Sorry. Oh, we just we're just a new in town, and are you local? Uh, we're not f- too far from here. Hmm. Not too far. Uh, a couple of towns over, further inland. But uh, no, we just uh, have to go see family. Ah, yeah. lovely. Well, um, part of what brings us uh, up north is uh, employment. I uh, I heard stories. Um, well, a friend of mine was injured in in a battle not too long ago, and um, heard that they could get help somewhere up north. The, the Winthrops were helping people recover from their injuries. And I thought maybe if I if I learnt uh, a bit from the Winthrops, um, have a bit of a magical persuasion about me and they've got a bit of gift with technology, I could learn something that could help my friend and maybe, uh, you know, help out in turn with the Winthrops and spread their knowledge and care to those that need it. I was wondering if I can find more information about that around here somewhere. Oh, I, I don't know a lot about that. That's a very valiant cause, though, actually, to, to help others and... I'm sorry to hear about your friend, no, obviously. Thank you. Something similar happened to a cousin of mine. They're sort of caught out in the old barrier marshes. But the wings are, the wings are very nice to him. I, I think they've got some uh, hospital-type thing to the north of the, of the lake. All right. So, yes, I, I'd probably head there. Yeah, that's a good tip. Thank you. I should make that my destination when we get across. Mm. Yeah. Yes, yes. I wouldn't mind getting a job here. <laughs> got many jobs going in this town, do you know? I, I don't know. I'm sorry. Mm. Uh, we're just passing through ourselves. That's fair. Thank you. No, no. Well, lovely to meet lovely you both. To meet lovely you. to meet you, yeah. too. Thank you. Yes, we'll probably see you on the ferry. Yes. <laughs> yes. What What were your names? I'm Colfer. Uh, this is this is Daffalee. Colfer and Daffaline, nice to meet you. Daffaline. <laughs> I want to hear Daffaline speak so badly. <laughs> Who's Daffaline? The the, <laughs> the lady that the guy sat with. No, I know, I know, but like, I thought there was like a, a significance to that name. No, I just really like this it. Is a funny oh, name. Okay, okay. It sounds like a cleaning it does, product. It does, yeah. it does. It does sound like, like sick, doesn't it? Daffaline will make your surfaces clean. <laughs> Dirty windows, definitely in the morning. <laughs> um, back at the bar, Orin and Gaius. Yeah. Uh, sort of propping the bar up, sipping your drinks. Um, that's a handy contraption you've got there. <laughs> Gosh. Sorry? With that arm thing, it's handy. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's pretty handy, as you say. <laughs> Did you... Oh, God. <laughs> Did you... Did you make it yourself? No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that smart. No. Oh, okay. No. Well, uh, who made it for you? Oh, the Wingfrups. Wingfrups, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, this is a pretty standard design, I believe. Quite old at this point. Really? What, five, six years old? How much did that set you back by? Oh, nothing. Nothing. Whoa. It's very very generous. I just did it for free. Well, yeah, I mean, I used to be a trapper. Lost, uh, lost the arm right up to here. And gestures just above his elbow. Oh, wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they felt bad and, like, you know, they, they, they look after us. We work for them, so uh, they, uh, they gave me a new one as a uh, sort of compensation. So you were a trapper, like trapping elementals? Yeah, 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 that's right, that's right. Wow. And you just ended up, well, they gave you a new arm? Ended up here? Well, you know, uh, just, uh, well... I mean, I just, yeah, after after losing it, I didn't want to, like, pick up any any more work, I'll be honest, like, that. it's all got to me a bit, so I thought, hey, I'll run this place, I can still be close to my mates, uh, you know, do the work, do the work when they come back, that kind of thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, was it like working for the Wingfrups? Yeah, it's good, yeah, they, they, they're good. You, are you, sorry, are you Wingfrup? You've got all that stuff about you, your goggles and that. Oh, yeah, oh, no, 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 like, uh... I'm he's a he's a he's an entrepreneur trying to sell his pattern. Yeah. 
maybe oh oh I mean, best of luck to you. As, as far as I know, they don't really take on stuff like that. Like, it's all secret, secret with them. But uh, trust me, my friend, this man is an asset that kingdoms would fight for. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, like I say, best of luck to you. Thanks. What was your name? Colwyn. Colwyn. Nice, nice to meet you, Colwyn. Yeah, you too. You too. Uh, you be wanting a room or? Oh, I don't know. We're probably just going to go and get on a ferry in about five minutes. So no, I don't reckon so. Oh, you missed the ferry today. What? You missed it. Ah, oh, damn. Bother. Yeah, yeah uh, I mean, yeah, they only leave at nine in the morning. What? Oh. Pretty early, but... Yeah, I think we will then. It, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, you're welcome to stay here. Or if uh, if you're in a rush, you could probably ask one of the other... There's a lot, there's a lot of couriers and that that go back and forth. Across, oh, really? Across, across the lake, they're normally quite happy to take people on as well. Mm. So we might not have to wait for a ferry. No, no, no. no to be honest, they're, they're quite cheap as well. Me mate Ali, uh, she's quite good for that kind of stuff. Your mate Ali? Where's your mate Ali? Ali, yeah. Well, she's probably down by a boat. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not that big, but uh, you know, she 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 make daily trips herself. So can it fit a horse? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Got a cargo hold, so it's probably space enough for a horse if, if she's not taking too much over. And a mechanical goose. Oh, I suppose you can fly anywhere. It doesn't matter. Ignore me. Was that just a humble brag? <laughs> <laughs> can I put my bird on a boat? Like the bird can just fly, but you know. <laughs> well, I mean, technically, then we to be fair, we only need enough room for like a horse and one, two, three, four, five people. Because then Kida can just fly over the lake, can't he? Mister, oh, I'll keep this secret. Oh. <laughs> okay, well, um, we're going to find our companions. Maybe we're going to find Ali. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Was she just going to be by boat? What's she look like? Oh, she's nice. She's nice. Uh, b- b- pale human. She got. She got. Oh, really striking. Red hair. Striking velvet red hair. It's gorgeous. Oh, nice. I tell her she should like cut it off and sell it. That's what I said <laughs> to her before. I don't know if that's flattering or not. No, like people would buy that that hair. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's flattering. I don't know. We got to see this hair now. Oh, it's beautiful. God. It's beautiful. It's like the talk of the town. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> on. Tell you the color, right, come right. on. Let's get the others. All right. Thanks, buddy. Oh, no worries. No worries. Go and get the other two. Tell them what we've learned. Gwendolyn and Myra, as you've headed down to the docks, as everyone else is sort of coming around to meet you, Myra is looking across the lake. Like, it is beautiful with the afternoon sun sort of dancing across it. You can't quite see the other side of the lake. She says, it's really more like a sea, isn't it? Yes, it's ever so big. I have seen Lake Dravain before, but not this um, far north. <laughs> no, like I say, I've actually only seen it down in Carth, so I've, huh. I mean... Well, I've been there too. Have you? Yes, maybe we've been there... Well, uh... I suppose, as roses. Of course we have. Of course we have, yes, Jenny. <laughs> Did you like it in Carth? Oh, it's a nice place to go holiday. It's um nice, to, nice buildings and things like that. It, it's not the most exciting of places, really, is it? <laughs> not really. I mean, some of the museum-y type places were very interesting. Yes. But yes, lots of old things. Lots of old things, but some of them were very, very old, and so they couldn't even work anymore, and that's quite boring, actually. They look nice, uh, but they don't do much. I was talking about the buildings, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes, the buildings too. You're not so used to seeing old people. No. Why is that? I don't know. Are your parents not particularly old? Not really, no. I think they're in their 30s or they're maybe their 40s. I can't quite remember. Oh, that's very, very young. Yes, well, exactly. So, What are their names, by the way? Well, my father's called Briskin and my mother's called Pepetta. Ah, those are very lovely names. It's useful to know in case we hear anything that can help us with saving them, of course. Well, yes, that's true. 
Now, we need to find some way of getting across this rather large lake, don't we? Yes. Where do you think is best to check? Because I can see lots of boats, but I don't know which ones are going to take us across. Uh, You say there's a ferry, usually? Yes, which I can imagine is normally quite a big boat, but none of them seem that big, from what I can see. Hmm. Gwendolyn has a look round. Who does she see that might be a useful person to ask? Uh, make an investigation check. Looking for someone useful. That would be... An 18. 18. Sort of where you've come out, you're actually closer to one of the sort of open, large open doors of, of one of the warehouses. And there seems to be a couple of fairly rugged looking people. They've got sort of leather skins on, big fur coats, sort of sat out the front on a couple of barrels, who just having quite a nice conversation with each other. And they seem quite approachable. Uh, there's a, like an olive skinned human with a shaved head. And as you approach, you sort of get this slight smell of oil from him. And then a, a female grey half-orc sat next to him and there's a string of tattoos that dance up her left arm. Kind of remind you of some of the things that, that Juna had, but maybe more, maybe not as beautiful. Ooh, um, good day to you both. Uh, I, I wonder, I, I hope I'm not interrupting you all, um, but I wonder if you might be able to give me any information on how to secure passage across to Drostrad. Uh, the, the chap sort of pipes up, uh, Drostrad! Uh, I mean, only you catch the ferry and uh, you've missed it today, I'm sorry. Oh, is there any way of getting across sooner, do you think? Well, you could probably ask around. There's a few, uh, few different ships travelling north, eh? Oh, uh, would you be able to point me in the right direction by any chance? Uh, yeah, I suppose. Uh, sort of stands up on one of, on the barrel that he sat on. Has a look down the, the dock. Goes, Halle! Halle! <laughs> See that red-headed woman down there? Uh, yes. Right, that's probably the one you want. <laughs> Okay then, uh, I shall uh, head on that way. Uh, thank you. What was your name? Uh, Webden. Aye. I-, I shall say Webden has sent me in the right direction. Thank you so much. Ah, uh, no worries, lass. Cheerio. Have a lovely day. And you. And you. Nice to see you, little miss. Come along, Jenny. And yeah, the two of you sort of turn away before there are any too closer looks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping, like, you know, she's short enough and got her uh, bonnet uh, covering enough of her face after that makeup job. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and typically, as you're sort of making your way back toward the boat, the others come round a corner and are sort of looking up and down the dock and then seem to be moving toward the same boat that you are. Oh, hello, you lot. Uh, we're, we're just uh, on our way to speak to somebody called Ali about uh, securing passage across the uh, the um, lake. Ah. I was about to say sea then. Uh, we just learnt that name as well. Yeah, we're on the way uh. to find Ali as well. Isn't that fortunate? <laughs> yeah, good. Good work. We walk towards her. <laughs> <laughs> as you um, head over to the to the boat, see a woman sort of moving fairly large crates, actually. She's quite a, a built woman, uh, sort of like just off and like, hoiking them over to the edge of a building and like piling them up the crates themselves are wooden but they seem to have like metal bands around every edge and that same sort of cog symbol with the triangle in the center Mm. sort of stamped onto the sides of a few of them the boat is not the best looking it's a fair size you probably fit all of you and a horse (laughs) and more without any trouble um but it's, it looks a little bit roughed around the edges. Some of the paint's just chipping out, out of it. But you, you can see like, a name just like painted quite clearly on the side. And it's called the Chug-Along. <laughs> <laughs> and as you approach this, uh, yeah, this woman sort of looks up. Hello. Hello. Afternoon, friend. We've learnt from asking around in town that uh, we're the person to speak to if you want to get passage across the lake. If we've missed the ferry today, which indeed we have. Oh, yes. Um, where are you going? Uh, Drostad. Well... You're in luck. That's where I'm headed this afternoon. Fantastic. Um, what do we um, what do we owe you for passage? Oh, uh, it would just be a gold for each of you. Oh. I'm heading that way, so it's really only a ne- little extra in my pocket. Yeah, that's yeah. that's more than fair. 
That sounds great. Wonderful. How many are you, sorry? Six and a horse. And a horse? Yes. I think I might have some space for a horse. Might have to move some of the uh, bigger boxes. Um, I'm not actually quite finished yet. Um, Loading and unloading, so uh, it'll probably be a little while before we go. Sure. Do you need a hand? Is it? Do you have help? Oh, no, it's just me on the boat. Oh, well, I'd love to... I mean, yeah, you're welcome to yeah, help. I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd volunteer my services. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm not going to turn that yeah, down. Sure, yeah, sure, I'll help. My mum used to say many hands like make like work. So, yeah, I'll... I'll, adi- I'll add some additional muscles to this endeavour. <laughs> I mean, I'll add more muscles too. Oh, um, well, if you could just head down to the old trapper company down there. Um, they've got a couple of uh, couple of big crates to take back up. Sure. That'd be wonderful. Of course. What, what's in the crates? Batteries, I believe. Oh. Batteries. Might be safer for me and Jenny to um, help with the final bits here on the boat rather than... Uh, Going all the way down there. You know, she's only got short legs. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. Can't imagine a child carrying all of that anyway. I know. <laughs> Hello, nice to meet you. And sort of Jenny, Jenny, Myra, <laughs> sort of like pulls the bonnet down just a little bit. It's like, Hello. <laughs> <laughs> She's very shy. Yeah, doesn't have very many strong opinions. <laughs> well, let's hope she doesn't get too seasick, shall we? Yes, I hope I don't get too seasick. Well, no, that's all right. There's plenty of edges around the boat. Good to know. Great, we can throw her off one if she does. <laughs> Jenny does have a beautiful singing voice, though. Gwendolyn <laughs> just looks at Guy like, what the fuck? <laughs> the bonnet sort of peeks up a little bit and Myra looks at Guy like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> You know, if you ever get an opportunity, I'm sure Jenny would love to, like, recite a beautiful, like, uh, a song or something like that. About when Jenny used to work on the docks. Yeah, like, <laughs> like that she, that she's still, she's still part of that, you know, she's still part of that community. <laughs> yes, yes, Vicky got there. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for explaining it to me, Vicky, because I was not on the same page. <laughs> I, just like, what? I do want to jump on board, but I could feel you were floundering. <laughs> oh, it's tough. So tough. <laughs> nice. Right. Lifting boxes. Yep. Yep. To the boxes. If you all get uh, get hoiking backwards and forwards, I'll uh, I'll help direct this end, and yeah, they'll they'll give you what what you need. The old trapper company. Hmm. The old trapper company. Just down there. Um, there's a chap shouting to me. I don't know if you heard him. He works there. Okay. Uh, so who is it that's heading down that way? Oh, me, please. Yeah, in KD too. Orange Una and Kidu, uh, Gwendolyn and Jenny are sort of like occupying themselves. Yeah, I th- I think it's far best to keep her away from her uncle's uh, business when she says that she's nervous about mm-hmm. it. And yeah, so you sort of like even hide yourself like right at the other end at the bow of the ship. Is that what it's called? Yeah, Hamilton on the bow of a ship. (laughs) Like, we find some good, like, rocks. I'm going to teach her how to skim rocks. Yeah, brilliant ideas. As you um, are showing her how to skim rocks, she does pull out uh, a small contraption, starts tinkering with it, like a slight sling, like puts a rock in and is trying to, like, do it with that, uh, just for, like, the perfect aim. I hate her. With her third shot, she gets, like, ten skips. Wow. Wow. That's, um, that's really something, uh... But maybe, like, try it without the contraptions for a bit and just see if you can do it like that. But why would I try it without the contraptions when I have the contraptions? Because sometimes the contraptions won't be there. And Gwendolyn carries on skipping rocks. (laughs) Don't be so silly, Gwendolyn. (laughs) And she carries on with her sling. (laughs) So the the rest of you, as you've sort of edged down... (laughs) Ben's face right now is just incensed. I was so excited when we started this two episode arc. I was like, we're going to meet another artificer. It's going to be amazing. 
Are you starting to find out how annoying artifices are now, Ben? God, we've been dealing with this for months. Uh, oh. Shots fired, shots fired. Shots skipped. Um, the rest of you um, edge down to the uh, to the warehouse. You have a brief conversation with the uh, two trappers sat at the door. And they seem to be fairly like, yeah, okay, no worries. Off you go. Sort of direct you to the... Uh, the few boxes that are meant for Halley. As you're on your way out, like carrying these sort of like five or six boxes, so it'll take a couple of trips. As you're sort of on your way out the first time with the first lot, a couple of the guards sort of like walk up to to the two at the the gate. And as you're sort of like just walking past, you just do hear, uh, have you seen, uh, there's been some word about a little girl with a group. Seen her around? Uh, well, just, uh, yeah, the boss is sort of worried about her and that. As you sort of like carry on past. Sorry, hang on. So they're worried they've seen a little girl, or that there's a girl miss. That there's a little girl in town. That there's a little girl in town. Yeah. Right. This so this town is small enough so that children are easily noticed. Let's get a move on. Let's carry on with the boxes. <laughs> um. P.S. While we're walking along with the boxes, how sealed are they? They're fairly like there's um there's clasps all around the top. Um. So like the entire lid can be removed, but the boxes themselves, like I say, they're made of wood and they're like there's very similar to the ones that um. Hallie was unloading. Sort of, they're, they're made of wood with the, the sigils stamped on the side and metal bands around every edge. Removed and put back on the lid? How do you mean? Like, I could take the lid off, have a little look inside, put the lid back on. Oh, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Whereabouts would you like to do that? Before you start carrying no. the boxes? <laughs> when you put them down on the boat? Uh, yeah, if Hallie's looking... Is Ali looking? I mean, she directs you to where to put the uh, the things, but she's actually still quite occupied with unloading other things from the trip. Yeah, well, I'm putting one down at some point. As you sort of like, yeah, sort of head down into the little cargo hold. And it's quite a cramped cargo hold, actually. Sort of high enough that Bessie can fit in there, but there isn't actually a huge amount of space. But so you put the box down, unclasp the lids. They're not locked with keys or anything. And as you sort of just lift it up, there, there's probably about it's a four by four rows of quite hefty cylinders all of which seem to be sparking or, like, smoking in different ways. Each one of those looks fairly secure. They're, they're like, a, a, a glass cylinder with metallic ends to, to the bottles. And they, like, again, they look fairly sealed. Okay. Very similar to the one that was pulled out of the end of Gwendolyn's wand, just bigger. Nice. Okay. Juno looks over at Orin and just sort of points to the caddy and gives him a wink. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I mean, does it look patently obvious one is going to be missing from the very neat rows that they're in? Yeah, it is, it is a very definite 4x4 four four set of 16. I think Orin's going to kind of just do a little like... To Juno. She does a knowing nod. <laughs> and put the lid back on. Leave them where they were. So yeah, there's probably only sort of two boxes left, so not all of you need to make the trip back. But as... Uh, so who is it that wants to go and collect Can those I last stay on couple? The boat? Yeah, I'll go and get the boxes. I'll go. I'll stay on the boat then. Cool. So yeah, um, Gaius and Enkidu sort of having dropped off one set, start heading back. Um, as you're sort of edging, uh, like I say, back to the to the, um, to the the warehouse, you do notice that there's a small crowd of people starting to gather around someone. And you go into the warehouse, sort of you pick up your sort of your next set. And as you leave the warehouse, rather curiously out there on the dock, catches both of your ears, there's uh, like a hurdy-gurdy playing. A hurdy-gurdy? Yeah. What's a hurdy-gurdy? It's like a, a medieval instrument with like a, 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 you wind one end and then sort of key the, uh, the other strings to make music. It's, it's really good music, actually, as well. To the point that you can see why the crowd is growing, and it kind of draws you both over. Okay. Um, who's playing it? We'll find out next time. <gasps> oh, what? That's where we're in the episode. Oh. 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 Oh.
<laughs> All I can say is that both of you know them. What? What? Why Enkidu and Guy know them? Yep. What? <gasps> they were like what? the perfect two people to go. <gasps> oh my god! Oh my god! What? Oh my god! <gasps> Something has clicked. Oh yes. Has it? Cool. Anyway. I want it to be the next episode. No. 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 <laughs> I'm going to stop recording. Oh, you have been listening to David Knight as your dungeon master, Ben Galpin as Orin, Chris Watts as Gaius, Daryl Bailey as Enkidu. Grace Kelly Miller as Gwendolyn, and Vicky Gaskin as Juna. Original music by David Knight. Please tell your friends, subscribe, and follow us on all social media. Thank you for listening to No Small Roles. Anon for now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.